afternoon and welcome to the Ask Elsa podcast under the My Pleasure for Health website. You can find out more about me at www.pleasureforhealth.com. My name is Ailsa Pepe and I host this podcast live about once a week and uh, I'm really happy today to be talking about the walls that we put up around experiencing intimacy. And this is a, a fairly common topic, actually, uh, that I see in my practice, is that um, in order to protect ourselves from being hurt, we often learn to create these rigid boundaries or walls in order to keep someone from, uh, you know, what we perceive to be taking away our own self-respect. And, you know, this comes from usually from a really early age. So if this topic interests you, I hope you'll stick with me for about 20 minutes now to, um, to delve into it a little bit more. So do you resonate with this topic? Do you resonate with the idea of having rigid boundaries that we sometimes put up, these walls that we put up in order to keep ourselves from getting too vulnerable, getting in a place where we are at the mercy of perhaps someone else's um, someone else's actions, someone else's feelings towards us. And this can get really scary for a lot of us. So, you know, even when I work with people and they start to create boundaries, you know, boundaries is kind of a buzzword right now. So lots of people are out there saying, hey, yeah, let's work on boundaries. Let's, I have really good practice. Um, sorry about that. Um, so sometimes I get into um, these discussions with clients. I'm like, well, you know, if you have really strong boundaries, um, they may be stopping you from actually being intimate. They may be stopping you from getting those relationships that you actually want. And they may be actually stopping you from healing what needs to get healed within you. So we may actually be creating boundaries around our own heart, and then we can't even get into that space ourselves. So let's talk a little bit about some of these boundaries. I've put them there in the description. Things like anger. We can probably all resonate or remember, or we know somebody who uses anger as protection. So every time they feel vulnerable or they feel um, they need to defend themselves or they feel like you're getting too close to them, they get angry. They use anger to keep you away. Sometimes, you know, this comes out as overt anger or abuse and, you know, often with with more men or male figures, they may use actual, you know, anger um, actions, you know, to actually be angry. But sometimes women and other genders do this as well and we may just have that kind of smoldering look in our eyes. We may just have that like, you know, leave me the F alone kind of look in our face. And sometimes this is using anger, like I'm really angry. And perhaps this even comes out as, you know, rampant like social activism even. You know, sometimes you, you just feel like there's a lot of anger at some of these, these um, demonstrations and stuff. And a lot of the people there are really angry and it keeps others away. Like it actually limits having a real conversation about the real issues because there's so much anger in the room. So anger can be a great way to block getting intimate with someone. Um, it also, you know, behind the anger is often a loneliness or a longing to be, you know, in 
real in, in it close with somebody in real connection so anger is one of those ways that we can probably recognize the next one that that a lot of us use is is fear and fear can come up for us you know if we kind of do the running away thing and we may do that again internally we may just kind of blank out we may just you know people may you know i've had clients and they're they're like well my partner says that they don't feel like i'm present in the relationship you know you may actually be really good uh in your job you may be successful outwardly you may be doing everything right but you just can't keep a long-term relationship you just can't can't do the close relationship thing sometimes people are you know afraid of that and they're actually running away so you know they're pretty happy out in the world doing their thing but as long as they can go home and shut the door nobody can get close to them so you might see this with you know just not oh you know they might even judge people oh you know i can't date that person because they're not the right size they're not the right height they're not the right they don't have the right job they you know and we start making excuses for why we can't get close to someone this can often be a, a fear of actually getting close and you know we 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 name that a lot hey you know are you afraid of intimacy but we don't actually acknowledge that sometimes we're doing that ourselves as well and what can we do about that you know there's something there's something there to be looked at if we're running away from intimacy because you know I've talked about this before that as human beings I think we are you know created to want to be in connection we're social animals we're the core of things and you know we want to have that closeness that helps us learn about ourselves that helps us come forward and you know to to be totally uh, clear I'm not saying this has to be with a human friend lots of people find dogs or, or horses or other animals or nature or trees or whatever is their companion but there is something very vulnerable about um, allowing us uh, ourselves to be close to another human um, that is just you know we can't do that other animals and beings and things are great to work on relationship and maybe that's all we can manage at the moment but i do think there's something about a human um, that helps us move past some of these blocks in ourselves so the fear thing can definitely get in the way the next one that that comes up a lot is silence and it can it come come off similar to fear we can just have you know kind of a silent treatment or when people ghost you on social media or your you know the dating sites it can be, be you know that silence sometimes you're in a relationship and when things are actually going well um you know somebody may flare up create an argument and then give you the silent treatment after that just mostly that whole scenario was just a, a not really a game but kind of like a, a, a manipulative way of saying back off this is getting too much for me this is too close you're too close you could hurt me you know so you know someone creates an argument and um and or they just start being silent or they just you know it may come across as just going out all the time and not being present in the relationship you know um and that's not even going to you know addictive behaviors like going and drinking or doing that those can be running away type of behaviors as well and the final one that we sometimes actually don't recognize because it seems like the person is connecting is actually words when people start talking 
but you feel like they're you, they're not really listening. They're just saying a lot of words and talking about everything, but when you know there's no space, there's no breath, there's no taking in, there's no pause to let any relationship develop. There's just a talking. So we probably all have those types of people in our life too, where you know we someone just keeps talking at us or, or or to us about all of the things or they're they may be very open about some of their feelings but when it comes to just taking a pause and allowing some silence allowing you to connect maybe some eye contact maybe some touch maybe some just breathing together they uh immediately start talking again and don't let that manifest so sometimes words can get in the way and be dysfunctional as well so these are some of the blocks that we use um, instead of having actual intact boundaries, we've created these kind of walls um, that work-ish. <laughs> they kind of sort of work, but they're not actually working to, to create healthy boundaries where we can you know, actually create more intimacy. They're actually more like walls and they keep people away and we end up feeling still very lonely usually very abandoned very victim victimized all of those things inside our walls we're not actually feeling any connection so that's what happens a lot of the times and you know where does this come from why do we end up having these types of walls that keep us from having the experience that we're actually trying to get to and you know one way of looking at this would be um that our reality is created by you know, our thoughts, our feelings, our behaviors, and our body, you know, inside our, our physical body. And, you know, if any of those aspects of ourself haven't been honored, haven't been seen, haven't been validated as, you know, maybe in our family of origin or growing up, and we haven't had the opportunity to create our sense of reality, then we are trying to create boundaries around something we don't know exists like we may not even know we may not even know our own reality so this is one thing that comes up is often we don't actually know what our reality is so you know we construct one perhaps or we are delusional about you know we create one in our head or we go along with someone else's sense of reality I think this is happening a lot in the world right now where people are traumatized and they aren't actually aware of their own reality. So they're very, we're very vulnerable to someone else coming in and saying, here's the reality that you need to believe in, that you need to live in. And we haven't, you know, we've kind of let go of our own sense of reality. Wait a second, how, what are my, what is my body saying about this or my thoughts or feelings uh, and how do my behaviors create my own sense of reality? So we might hide our sense of reality from other people. If, if our reality was not okay uh, as a child, if we were not allowed to have our own behaviors or our own thoughts or feelings, um, we may just hide who we are. And sometimes we hide so much that we, we kind of forget where we hid, right? We can't even find ourselves. So there's, you know, this, this happens as well. These people that are overly compliant, um, that are, you know, just, Kind of um what do we call them yes men you know like or people pleasers they just you know they're like oh what's your reality okay i'll i'll help you be that but we're not coming from this centered place of having our own reality so there's these two types of patterns often that come up is we either 
hide our own reality from other people and therefore you know in doing so we we don't we can't have healthy boundaries because we aren't coming from a sense of self and so we often have these other um walls up because if we're hiding our sense of who we are and we're just kind of people pleasing we may not have any boundaries and then you know we're getting overrun by that so then we try to create boundaries and we just have to make it like an anger use anger to create a wall or words or something else because we actually don't know how to go inward and create our own sense of reality and from there we automatically have boundaries actually so we may have that or we may have the dysfunction of not even knowing our own reality and you know maybe we've deluded ourselves or constructed one or we've become really good at mirroring other people's realities and you may notice some of those kind of tendencies would create what we might call a narcissistic personality disorder or perhaps the opposite of that um, which is an echoism or uh, when we have no sense of ourselves and we just uh, you know kind of an echo and if you go back to I'll have to do a podcast sometime on the uh, on the narcissist uh, um, story because Echo was uh, the nymph that lost her voice that you know loved Narcissus and so the opposite kind of um, dysfunction is that we just kind of echo we can't we don't have a voice of our own we echo what's what other people tell us or around us or things like that so you know as children we may have been ignored or it's or attacked or even abandoned for having our own sense of reality it wasn't okay and you know our, our parental figure may have you know said well if you're going to you know say that then you know you don't have any respect for me I'm gonna you know I can't be around you if you need that you know if you were coming to me and you need a drink of water you know oh you're a father get away from me I'm tired you know we may have just had parents that weren't coping well with being parents and, you know, it doesn't always mean they were horrible parents at all. Um, I ended up with a lot of these personally, and I would say my parents did a really good job in certain aspects that they understood. And in other aspects, they didn't have the skills they didn't know. So, you know, a lot of us do end up with these coping strategies, um, not because we had um, extremely abusive families, but because our parents themselves didn't know or have any other way to deal with life. So, you know, and, it, and maybe perhaps you came from an, a really abusive um, household, in which case a lot of these would come up as well. So this type of building our self-esteem from inside ourselves is one of the core things that we work on in my programs with people that have had abuse or trauma in their past, because it's so important that we get inside these walls, that we actually start from square one, which is, who are you? Like, that's the question, you know, in Alice in Wonderland, you can, the uh, caterpillar, whatever, who are you? You know, he would say to Alice, and, and this is the, the core question, really, who are you? What are, what are your values? You know, what, what are your thoughts? What are your feelings? What, what does your body feel like? What are your behaviors that you, that come from who you are? How do you, work with that um, and then from that place of finding out who you are you find that your your boundaries your which are actually these places where we interact with the world 
we actually come to them naturally because it's like if you have a value of honesty, let's say that's something you value in the core of your being, um, you learn to be honest with yourself. You bring that honesty to your thoughts, your feelings, your behaviors, your body. You're honest about all of those things. And then it naturally, when you meet the world, you meet that with a value of honesty. And then you, you relate to the world with that value. And if something comes from the outside world that isn't aligned with your values, it's just going to flow right off like, you know, like water off a duck's back because you're not going to resonate with it. You're not going to be taken in with that kind of um, energy of dishonesty because you are living the honesty. You, you have that value and you have integrity with that value. So this is really where quality, healthy boundaries come from is from this internal knowing. We can't create boundaries around ourselves, hoping to prop up our sense of self-esteem um, by these outside things. We have to find this sense of how do we create ourselves, our own self-validity, our own esteem system from within. So, um, you know, we may just need to take a step back from trying to create the boundaries and really, you know, working with that and actually just come back to who are you. And this is something that I, I highly recommend, um, you know, maybe even just journal today about that question. Who are you today? And it could change. And this is, you know, an interesting exercise to do over a few days. Who are you today? Who are you today? Who are you tomorrow? Who are you the next day? Um, what, what comes up regularly for you? You may even start recognizing your own patterns of um, coping strategies, these dysfunctional patterns when you start writing about who, are, who am I today? Well, today I'm, you know, wanting to pay someone back because I'm angry with the, my ex because of this. And then the next day, well, I'm angry with the, you know, I don't know right now, maybe the, the U.S. Uh, Supreme Court because of this, the way they ruled on this. And then tomorrow I'm angry about this. You might start noticing some of these patterns and, you know, there's a place for righteous anger. There's a place for fear. There's a place for silence. There's a place for words. These aren't always dysfunctions, but if you find yourself always defining who you are by the way that the outside world is, um, is, is showing up to you, then that's interesting. Why are we not able to find a sense of self from inside? And that's an interesting question and not an easy one. So I'd love to hear your comments about this. See what, what do you think about it? What have you noticed in yourself? And, you know, perhaps um, you'll have some insights into a value that you hold near and dear to your heart that you can begin to work with. So I'm going to end it there. That's something for everyone to think about, myself included. I'm going to take the rest of this very humid and sunny day here to uh, contemplate it. Um, and if you want to find out more about me, as I said, uh, probably the best place to go actually is www.ailsakepi.com. You'll be able to get links to all my other websites and podcasts and things from there eventually. Um, but right now you'll be able to find at least pleasure for health, which is the coaching and so uh, somatic work that I do. And you'll be able to find out about some of my programs that work with boundaries. And I would love to invite you to take a closer look at 
look at that course and if it resonates with you then please do sign up all right uh i wish you all the best day i have fulfilled 20 minutes of your time thank you so much for listening and i hope to see you next time on the ask ilsa podcast